please stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing. I'll fly away, some glad morning when this life is o'er, a good old hymn. I'll fly away, some glad morning when this life is o'er.
house this morning as I look out and I see these smiley faces. It warms my pastor's heart. Good to see each and every one of you here. And as we open up with a word of prayer, I'm also going to be praying not just for us, but tonight I have to meet with a church in Island Pond that's just dwindled down to a few people. And we've got to make some really hard decisions up there. And I'm going to help them out with that this evening. So I'm going to pray for us and I'm going to pray for them this morning, okay? Father in heaven, as we start this worship hour this morning, we praise you and thank you for those who have gathered here at Victory Baptist Church to worship. And Lord, I pray that you administer to every heart as only you can do. For you know the exact circumstances of each and every one of our lives. And only you can take your word, the songs that praise you, the prayers that are targeting you. You can take all of that and minister to people right where they are at. And I pray that you do that this morning. And Lord, I do lift up before you the Calvary Baptist Church and Island Pond as they are just struggling in such a great way. There's just so few people left. I pray, Lord, that you would give us wisdom tonight as I meet with them and as I meet with the folks that remain. I just pray that you'd give wisdom about what needs to happen the next step. It's your church here and there. It's your church around the world who stands up and sings praises to you. And we put in, we, we trust in you. We, we put all these churches in your care, asking you to have your way and your will. We thank you for this morning. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Please be seated. Oh, 
If you are able to, would you please stand? And together we're going to lift up our voices as we sing Hosanna, praise is rising, and then oh, praise the name. Oh, praise the name of the 
I've got nothing new How could I express All my gratitude I could sing these songs As I often do But every song must end And you never do So I throw up my hands And praise you again and again Cause all that I have is a hallelujah Hallelujah And I know it's not much But I'm nothing else fit for a king Except for a heart singing Hallelujah Hallelujah I got one response I've got just one my arms stretched wide, I will worship you. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again, cause all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah, and I know it's not much, but I've fit for a king except for a heart singing hallelujah hallelujah so come on my soul oh don't you get shy on me lift up your song cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord. Oh, come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. So I throw praise you again and again cause all that I have is a hallelujah hallelujah and I know it's not much but I've nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing morning, I am going to take you to some scriptures that are going to remind us of the unchanging, 
unwavering commitment that God has made us made to us about our salvation, eternal security. And the reason I feel compelled to do that or feel led by the Lord to do that is because we live in such a world of shifting and changing times. When you look at the things that are transpiring, whether it be in New England, where we just see what happened the other day in Maine with such a shocking shooting and killing of just citizens out doing their business, going bowling. Or we look to the other side of the world and we look at what transpires between Israel and Palestine and Egypt not opening their borders and the all these different things transpiring over there. And we, and we stand in shock at the barbarity and the cruelty of people and how they can be such. And then we come back to our shores and we look at a city like Chicago where every single day people are shot, uh, killed. And we wonder what has happened? What, what in the world is taking place in our culture, in our society, in our world? When our kids go to school and they come home and they're confused about their gender and told to question it and to uh, be indecisive about whether they really are the gender that's on their birth certificate, we, we ask ourselves, what's happening? And it is because our world is so shifting and changing. It is because our culture is so frayed and fragmented. That sometimes we just have to step back and understand that there are some things that never do change. There are some things that are as solid as granite ledge. Some things that no matter how much everything around us frays and unravels, these things are consistent. And God has promised us, and I'm going to take you to 12 different things divided into four persons of the Trinity. I'm going to show you four things that the Heavenly Father, four things that God the Son, and four things that God the Spirit does for us, promises to us, concerning our eternal security in our salvation. So even if the entire world were to unwind, you and I are okay. Whether on this side or the other side, we are okay. If we have put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, if we have accepted him into our heart, then God has promised us eternal security. So I told you I was going to take you through the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Four things of each, 12 in total, that remind us of that eternal security. We're going to start with God the Father. God the Father, the things that he offers us, promises us, secures for us concerning our eternal security. The first one of the four, he has an unconditional purpose or covenant that he has made. And we go to such a common verse as John 3.16. Last night, Sandra Joe and I, we sat and we watched a little bit of the World Series. We are not big sports people. We spend very little time ever watching sports. But to be honest with you, there's so little on television that uh, we look at and we think to ourselves, this is worth watching. We, we came all the way down to Major League Baseball. And, 
And primarily, the biggest reason that we were drawn to it is because one of the teams is from Texas, and Sandy is a Texan. So uh, we sat and we watched that. But throughout my childhood, even into my adulthood, when I watch a major league sports event, it's not uncommon when they pan the audience to see John 3.16 held up by somebody. And that is because it is such a powerful promise. It's such an unconditional covenant that God has made to humankind. He has said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It is a powerful promise from God the Father to every human being that they might know that he loves every single one. He doesn't choose one here or there to love. He loves all humanity. And God the Father said, I want to pay for their sin. And he himself left heaven above and came and was born of a virgin that he might live, die, bury, resurrect for your sins and mine. He has made an unconditional covenant that he paid for our sins and he offers eternal life. The second thing I want you to see is that his infinite power is what secures this. Turn with me, if you would, to the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 29. John, chapter 10, verse 29. It says, My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. So the Lord Jesus Christ reminded us, our God the Father is so powerful, he is all powerful because he is God. There is no other God, he is God. And Jesus says, when you are in the hand of the Father, and that hand is closed, no man can pluck it out. A few years ago, I had a buddy, I, I, I collect odd guns and things like that and have since I was a little kid. And so I had a friend who gave me a, a BB gun, a pellet gun from the 1800s. And it came from England. And he gave it to me because it won't work. And I tinker on things. And so I disassembled this gun and then I went to put it back together because it has a spring assembly in it to make it work from the 1800s. And I mean, I, I did my best to get that thing back together. And I thought to myself, well, if I was only back in the machine shop days, I could use a press, I probably could get this together. And then I thought, I know Bill Sinks. He's probably one of the most powerful, strong guys I know. So I brought it to my office and one day he came, he came for some reason. I says, Bill, can you give me a hand? He says, what do you need? I said, well, I just need this thing assembled. And so he took it, he compressed it. I put a pin in it and we were golden. <laughs> because he's powerful, arm wrestling champion. He teaches arm wrestling and I knew he's powerful. And Jesus says in this text, he says, listen, God, our father 
is all-powerful, omnipotent, omnipotent. He is, there's nobody more powerful than him. And he brings it to direct application. And he says, and if you are in his hand, nobody can take you out of the hand of God. I told you there are four things. Here's the third part of God the Father's. And that is his infinite, unchanging love. Look with me, if you would, over to the, uh, to the epistle Romans. Book of Romans. We're going to look at Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verses 8 down through 11. It says, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. And he starts in this text by just simply remind us, reminding us, God shows his love. God commendeth his love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then he just builds in that text, reminding us of the consequences of, that, of God's love. He says, listen, if God loved us so much that he would give his only son for us, if he himself would die for us, think of how much if we live in him, if we are a Christian, we've received Christ as our savior, think of how much more secure we are now that we have received the atonement. He just reminds us of that transformational power that is in the simple love of God. It brings us all the way back to John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, his love, even while we were yet sinners, he died for us. We are secure because of God's love for us. And the last one concerning God the Father is his testimony is given to us through the Lord's Prayer. The Lord Jesus Christ, as he's talking to his Father in prayer, he's talking about that security we have in God the Father. Look with me, if you would, at the Gospel of John, chapter 17. And I'm going to read to you verses 9 down through 11. If I can find the Gospel of John here. John chapter 17. I'm going to read to you verses 9 down through 11. And here you find the Lord Jesus Christ praying. This is the true Lord's Prayer. He himself, he's not teaching us how to pray. He is praying. He says to the Heavenly Father, he says, I pray for them. Talking about us, believers. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. For they are thine. And all mine are thine. And thine are mine. And I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, 
keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. And the Lord Jesus Christ, he reaches out to the heavenly father and he makes it so clear. God, listen, all that are mine are thine and all that are thine are mine. And I simply ask, Lord, that you, you keep them. You secure them. They can't secure themselves, but you can secure them. And I pray, and Jesus prays, he, he testifies how that God himself is the one who keeps us. We are in his hand. We are in his hand because he loves us. We are in his hand because we personally responded to the gift of his only begotten son. And we are secure there. And Jesus asks God, he reminds God, he communicates with God in the mystery of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Christ speaking with himself as God. Keep them. You and I are secure. Not because we are good. Not because we are religious, but because we have simply said yes. Yes, Lord, I am a sinner. And you loved me even while I was yet a sinner and died on the cross for me. And I accept the gift of eternal life. And God embraces us. And we are secure in God the Father. But I told you that there are 12 things I'm going to show you. Four concerning God the Father. Four concerning God the Son. And four concerning God the Spirit. God the Son, the first one I want you to see with me is his substitutionary death. It is such a securing part of our salvation. Because it's not us. I, we cannot, all our righteousness is as filthy rags. No matter how good you may want to be or try to be, we cannot be good enough. We fall short of the glory of God, the Bible teaches us. But we can come and apply the substitutionary sacrifice paid by Christ upon our soul simply by faith. Hebrews 7.27 says, Who needeth not daily, as though those high priests did, to offer up sacrifices? But for his own sins, the high priest did that. And then for the people's. But this Christ did once when he offered up himself. Christ did once when he offered up himself on the cross. He paid for your sins and mine. He did it once. He didn't have to do it over and over again. He didn't have to do an annual sacrifice. He didn't have to do a a seasonal sacrifice. He didn't have to sacrifice himself every time you sinned. Once upon the cross, he went and he paid the price for your sins and mine. That is that substitutionary death. Matthew 20, 28 says, even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. He gave his life. His substitutionary death was for you and for me. It's what secures us. So we may look at the world and we may wonder what is happening. What's happening to our society, our culture, our morality? 
What's happening to the sanity? We may see it all shifting as quicksand. But one thing we can know is that God the Father has us in his hand. And Jesus died on the cross for us. The second part of God the Son, not only is it his substitutionary death, but it's his promise. John 10, 27 and 28 says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. So it's so interesting when he talks about God the Father. He says, you're in God the Father's hand. And he is all powerful and he has you. And here he says, and by the way, you're in my hand. He says, you are my sheep, and you know my voice, and I know yours, and you are mine. I'm your shepherd, and you are in my hand, and you are secure. Each and every day, you grandmas and moms, you launch off your children into a world that has us all concerned and alarmed. My mom, who's creeping towards 80, she talked to me on the phone just yesterday. And she said to me, Tim, I don't know what's happening in the world. She lives by herself in her own little apartment, getting ready to turn 78. And she's nervous, she's afraid. I told her, Mom, we can't change the world. But we can know that God is with us. If we have put our faith and trust in him, we can rest in him. Jesus makes it clear to us. I hear your voice. You hear mine if you are one of mine. You will never perish. Nobody can pluck you out of my hand. So we know that God the Son, it's his substitutionary death. It's his promise. And then... We remember that he is our advocate. He is on our side. Look with me, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 9 in the New Testament. I'm going to read to you verses 24 down through 28. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 24 down through 28. It says, For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for, what's that last word in that verse? Us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy places every year with blood for others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put himself away, uh, to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. You see, God reminds us that he is in heaven. And there he is present as our advocate. He is there as the sacrifice for our sins. He is there to represent the price paid. 
He's there to represent the love of God expressed in sacrifice in his shed blood. He is there for you and I. It's so pointed when it says he is there for us. And the amazing thing about it is he's not just silently present. He's interceding for us. That's the fourth of the things that we find concerning God the Son. Not only is he our advocate, he intercedes. He steps up for us. Hebrews 7.25 says, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. He ever liveth in heaven to intercede for his children. So when the devil comes up before God the Father and says, look down there, just like he did with Job. You remember? He came before God and he said, look at your servant Job. And he brought accusation against his servant Job. So just imagine today, Satan goes ahead and reaches out and he says, God, I want you to look down here and I want you to look at Gene Fairbrother. Jesus steps up and says, well, wait, Gene's mine. He received me as his savior. He's in my hand. He's in God the Father's hand. Satan, I rebuke you. He's mine. Can you imagine right now in heaven, if Satan comes up just like he did with Job, and it's your name that he brings up. And if you are a child of God, if you've received Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've recognized you're a sinner and put on the cross, at the foot of the cross, your sins by simply, by faith, asking God to forgive you, and you received Christ as your Savior, and you are His, you know His voice, He knows yours. It tells us He intercedes for you. So if your name pops up, he steps up. Oh, wait, they're mine. Don't know what you're talking about here. You have no place bringing them up because they're mine. He intercedes for us. Romans 8.34 says, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. He says, who can, who can condemn us? Jesus paid the price, and he's the one at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and I. We are secure because of our Heavenly Father. We are secure because God the Son. And then also, we're going to look quickly at four things that make us secure through God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. First of all, we find the Holy Spirit connected to regeneration itself. John 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of what? The Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is very involved 
in our salvation, in our regeneration. When you and I receive Christ, Christ promised. He says, I'm going to send you another. And that word another is in the Greek. It means another such as myself. He says, I'm going to send you the comforter. And when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, all of a sudden we're connected to the Spirit of God. We call that the indwelling of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. You see, it's not the spirit of the world that we have embraced. It's not the spirit of the world that has come to indwell us. It is the spirit of God that is within each and every one of us. Our security rests not in what's happening in the, the gangs of Chicago. Our spirit is not connected to the insanity of what happened up in Maine the other day. Our spirit is not connected what's going on in the Middle East or over in Europe. Our spirit is connected to God's spirit. Our security, it's not of this world. It's of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in our heavenly world. So he promises us that through the Holy Spirit, we have regeneration. We have indwelling. And the third part concerning the Holy Spirit is we are sealed by him. Ephesians chapter one, verse 13, the very last part of the verse in verse 14, it says, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. When I was a junior high school boy, I worked for a BP gas station at the end of my road in the little town of Rutland, Massachusetts. And I had become acquainted with those guys because before that I had a newspaper route and they dropped my newspapers there. So I got to junior high age and I asked the guy, could I have a job pumping gas? Probably wasn't supposed to, but back then, who would ever know? <laughs> and so he said, sure, I'll, I'll hire you after school, come by and pump gas. And so I would go ahead and after school, I would walk from the center of town down to his gas station and there I would pump gas at the BP gas station. And every time some lady would pull up, we'll say like Erica here, say Erica drove up in her 1968 Volkswagen Bug, I'd come out, <laughs> I'd open the little back hatch, and there would be a little spout, I think it was in the back of those old, I can't remember. But I would pump her gas, and then I had an SNH green stamp book. And I'd pull out so many stamps based upon how many not a lot of dollars, because cheap gas was cheap, but I think it was by increments of 10 cents or something. You'd tear them up and you'd get your SNH green stamps. Then she would accumulate them. She had her own book at home and she'd go ahead and back in the old days, she had to lick them. <laughs> Bam, in the book. And they would go one after another after another. 
And that would be her down payment. That would be the, the beginning of what was going to be a great prize at the end. So maybe she'd fill that book up and she would decide, I've heard that they have these new snap together called Tupperware stuff. <laughs> and you can keep stuff fresh in it. So she'd get her S&H green stamps and something like Tupperware or, or maybe Malaware. What did they call that plate stuff back then? It's, I'm trying to go back to the 60s and 70s. Melamac. So she could take her book and she would have this earnest, this down payment called an SNH green stamp. And she would accumulate them all up from the, from the happy little kid at the end of the road pumping gas. She'd get all those. And then she would bring it for the day of redemption. She'd drive to Worcester, Massachusetts where the SNH green stamp redemption center was. And she'd go in there with her 1960s or 70s big flower stand right up you've got the perfect jack it's i love the shirt comes right out of the 70s and she'd come in there with her little snh green stamp she'd go in there and she would look and she'd say this is what i want and she'd bring it to the counter lay her book on the counter and it was the day of redemption now she had gotten the earnest, the stickers, but on the day of redemption, she got the reward. Now let's go back and look at our text so I can apply the illustration. <laughs> Ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest or down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit is our SNH green stamp that says someday we can get to heaven and we are going to be there for the day of redemption and have our heavenly home. That Holy Spirit seals us. We are, we have his presence he is the down payment, the earnest payment on heaven itself. The Holy Spirit is actively involved in your eternal life. The last part of the Holy Spirit's involvement in our eternal security, we look at in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. And here we find the Lord Jesus Christ say, I will pray the Father. And he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. He says, when I go, in fact, he told his apostles, he said, I cannot stay. I must go. I must go so that you receive another, that you might receive the comforter, that you might receive the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit is the one who, for you and I, seals us, secures us. He's our down payment so that one day we get to heaven and we are secure. 
There's a permanency in that relationship. That's why Christ said to them, he said, he, that, that you may abide with, he may abide with you forever. And forever is not short. There's no, there's no timeline. It doesn't expire. If you're anything like me, I'm a little, I'm a little weird about expiration stuff in the fridge. You know, I go down the church fridge here and I open that church fridge. And so I, I want to get something, but I look at all those jars on that door and I try to remember what was the last activity that we had that. And maybe I have to get out my electronic calendar. That's a long time ago. So then I want to look at the date. Oh yeah, this was sold back in the last century. That's got to go. So then I'll say to either the secretary, we haven't done this to you yet. <laughs> I'll say to the secretary or Sandra Joe or John or myself, if I don't have anything else to do, I'll go through then and I just pitch, 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 pitch. Because the stuff in that fridge does not last forever. But the Holy Spirit, forever. No expiration date, forever. No germs to make it go bad, forever. You and I are eternally secure because of the Heavenly Father, because of God the Son, and because of the work of God the Spirit in our lives. Yes, the world we live in is so perplexing, is it any more perplexing than the generation before us who went into World War II? They surely were just like us saying, what has happened? The world has gone mad. Just as the generation before them had gone into the Civil War in the United States and people looked at each other and said, what ha what's happening? What's happening to our country? People have gone crazy. It's not that the world has gone crazy. It's that the world is crazy. They don't have God. Not in a genuine, real, transformational, relational way. You and I that have received Christ as our Savior, we have the Holy Spirit. He has sealed us. He is that down payment of eternal life. We are in the hand of God the Son and God the Father, and no man, nobody can pluck us out. We are secure. And if you are here today and you've never received Christ as your Savior, please, in a moment I'm going to give an invitation time. And I just implore you, just slip out and come. Come to this altar, come right here, and I'll have Brother Kurt or Mrs. Boyce I'll have them open the Bible. They will answer your questions. They will pray with you today that you might receive Christ. And you that already have received Christ, all the wringing of your hands is not going to change the world. All the sleepless nights, all the cut short mornings of waking up and worrying and worrying, none of that is going to change anything. Prayer is powerful, but rest 
in the knowledge that you are eternally secure. Father in heaven, please be with us as we go forth today. Help us to go forth with renewed confidence, faith, and trust in you. Help us, Lord, to represent you in a world gone mad. Help us to be that salt of the earth that truly we might make a difference in our neighborhood, our jobs, our families for you. In Christ's name I pray, amen. John has a chorus for us to depart on. What a mighty God we serve.